Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Don't forget, we have an app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store. You can also check us out at facebook.com slash Cruise Radio. Lots of pretty pictures there. As we kick off the show every week, it's Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy, found at CruiseGuy.com. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. It is great to be here. I hope you're well. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too, man. So, uh, Norwegian getaway, signed, sealed, and delivered, eh? She uh, she got away. <laughs> they uh, they did the, the signing uh, today. Um, you know, the Meyerwerf Shipyard handed over the, the keys and the owner's manuals to uh, Kevin Sheehan and his team. And they got the ship uh, out of there. So they left uh, Bremerhaven, and they're on their way to Southampton for the uh, festivities over there. So uh, certainly a very big day for Norwegian Cruise Line. And the first revenue cruise will be when? It'll be the uh, the transatlantic on January 16th. Gotcha. Going from Southampton to New York. It'll stay there for the Super Bowl, and then head down to Miami, and uh, she'll do her... Uh, Overnight uh, naming ceremony at the Port of Miami on the 7th, and her first revenue cruise into the Caribbean from her home port. It'll be on uh, February 8th. Very good. And uh, speaking of new ships, what's the progress on Royal Caribbean's uh, upcoming Quantum of the Seas? Well, as you know, she will be the most technologically designed uh, ship ever advised. Yeah. And it's just, you know, so many people are just so excited to see it, but. Uh, Currently, you know, the, you know, they released a video, which I think you could find at uh, cruiseradio.net, mm-hmm. where people can catch up on the latest and greatest of uh, Quantum of the Seas development. The latest video shows uh, what they're doing over there in Germany as far as creating mock-ups. So now the design phase is really, you know, coming away where the, the executives can actually see the designs of the ship in full scale. So this way they can make whatever last-minute adjustments uh, they need to make uh, with the current the cabins, the the public spaces, so they can make adjustments to uh, make sure that uh, this ship is nothing but perfect. This ship's going to have virtual balconies? Yeah, they'll have wow. uh, virtual balconies on some of the inside cabins, so instead of looking at a wall or a fake window, you'll have a virtual balcony, uh, so it'll be like a a video screen, which we showed back in April when they debuted it. Mm-hmm. It'll also be on Navigator of the Seas when she comes out uh, from refurbishment. And uh, you'll be able to see out uh, or look out uh, as if the you know you were you had your own balcony from and, an inside cabin. Very cool. Yeah, and Disney has what the virtual, virtual portholes. Port exactly. Yeah, gotcha. And another big milestone here: a very very happy birthday to the Queen Mary II. Correct? Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. Uh, Canard Line uh, is celebrating Queen Mary II's tenth year. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's hard to believe it's been. Uh, 10 years, but uh, she certainly has uh, traveled uh, around the world and back. Very popular on her world cruises and her transatlantics and uh, just, you know, different uh, sailings. But uh, I think in her 10 years, they said she carried 1.3 million passengers and over 20,000 dogs. You know what I learned a couple, uh, I think it was about a year ago, I learned that the drummer from Blink-182, because he doesn't fly anymore after his plane crash, um, he actually, if he's doing a tour in Europe, he'll take the Queen Mary over uh, during uh, during his tour. There's actually, Doug, there's actually a lot of people that do that. Uh, the ship has uh, a lot of celebrities that go to and from. Uh, you know, uh, James Taylor 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another musician who likes to use the, the Queen Mary too. But a lot of people, they just you know, instead of you know rushing over there, they'll just uh, lollygag uh, you know to or from on on Queen Mary too, or you know a lot of the transatlantics. But uh, there's something to a lot of people that enjoy the the history uh, of being on a canard ship and, and doing that sailing. Speaking of Queen Mary too, Stuart, that picture you tweeted uh, was pretty cool of all that snow on her. Can you can you imagine that? I mean, that, that looked like uh, you know a, a snowplow. Just uh, just went uh, on the promenade deck to clear the area, but that was that was actually the the promenade deck of Queen Mary Two, and it looked like it had about a good uh, six <laughs> inches of snow on it. I saw another photo like two weeks ago. Of, I think it was Carnival Splendor in New York or something like that, or maybe it was Pride in Baltimore. But yeah, it was stacked with snow too. It's yeah, pretty. I mean, I've I've seen pictures of Norwegian Gem from years ago, where you know the ship arrived with about six feet of snow on it, and you know if you, you know I saw a picture of a someone who opened up their balcony door, and it was just solid snow. Uh, I mean, it, it does snow in New York <laughs> yeah. or in, in the area, and, you know, the nice thing is you'll be off the coast of the Carolinas, but, uh, you know, going to and from, it's cold. But uh, it's a great way not to have to worry about, if you, if you live up in the Northeast, Doug, it's great not to have to worry about, you know, getting on a plane uh, that, that could be delayed. And that's why a lot of people do choose to cruise in the winter out of New York uh, versus, uh, you know, hopping on a plane because this way they don't have to worry about the weather being an, a factor. Very true. It looks like a new cruise terminal is uh, going to be built in Port Canaveral. Uh, where is it going to be and how big is it going to be? Well, it's going to be on, I believe it's going to be on the south side. My prediction, Doug, is that um, in 2015, Royal Caribbean will redeploy uh, Oasis or Allure of the Seas. I think it's going to be Oasis up mm-hmm. to Canaveral. Um, and, That's not uh, official yet, though, is it? No, it is not okay. official. It's just my prediction. Sure. Uh, as they're going to uh, get ready for the arrival of Anthem of the Seas in the fall, or you know, let's say the late fall of 2015. Um, so in this way, they, they can use uh, Terminal 18, which is the you know the large uh, cruise terminal there. I got to say though, in uh, the past four years of us doing this together, your predictions have always been pretty much right on. Well, I, I, I try <laughs> to I try to be accurate. Right. <laughs> That's why uh, it's great to listen to cruise radio. Looks like uh, the passengers arriving uh, to Galveston and Houston are going to be charged a new tax. What's this all about? Well, it looks like the government's going to be charging import taxes on your alcohol and cigarette purchases that you made duty-free on the ship oh. or while in port. Uh. So, you know, there's gonna, there probably isn't going to be any advantage to buying alcohol or cigarettes on the cruise if you're not going to drink it or smoke it on the cruise. <laughs> So, you know, it, you know, people, you know, I remember back in the day when people used to bring back, I mean, huge containers or cartons full of liquor and cigarettes, you know, let's say out of St. Thomas, you mm-hmm. just don't see that anymore. And I mean, I think it's going to take a big bite out of uh, cruise line revenue, uh, you know, because they're, they're not going to really, they're not going to sell anything on board the ship if you're going to wind up, you know, coming off it. First of all, I also think it may wind up hurting, uh, you know, people, you know, uh, Galveston and Houston, where, I mean, you may wind up and maybe another year have cruise passengers that, you know what, we don't want to sail out of Galveston well, uh, because it was just an unpleasant experience getting stuck with, you know, having to, to pay $20, 30 $40, stand in more long lines when we got off the ship. And so what will happen is, I mean, it's, it's not going to impact a lot, but you're going to find cruise passengers, you know, having to get stuck in a line, um, it just makes the overall experience less pleasant. And uh, the ratings for Houston and Galveston will probably suffer as a result. Well, my question is, okay, so Houston is paying the cruise lines to come there anyway. So They're paying why... marketing fees. 
Yeah, but yes. why why screw the passengers over then? Is that is that more of a state thing or it, a local it, it thing? It is a state thing. So I, I you know I'm not sure that they really thought it through or they really don't care. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to find the rating, the passenger satisfaction ratings in Galveston and Houston are going to suffer. And you may, you know, right now, I mean, like, you know, Houston's just getting in, you know, getting back into the game after not having a ship there since, what, 2007, yeah. 2006. So it, it really could uh, cause them to suffer. I mean, because essentially if, if the cruise revenues are down uh, or the passenger satisfaction ratios are down, they're going to take that ship. They're going to have to put it somewhere else because the pricing that they're going to get on the ships will drop. Hmm, very interesting. And of course, it is January and it is wave season. So for our listeners who may not be, uh, you know, may not be informed of what wave season is, can you explain it to us? Yeah, long, long and short, Doug, wave season used to be, I mean, we really haven't seen a wave season since 2001. So essentially, Doug, what we used to see is by the end of March, 75% of that calendar year's bookings will have been made. But what's happened is, is that you have certain itineraries like Alaska and Europe, which take a little bit, they have a much lo- longer booking window. So you have people that are booking a year out in order to, uh, you know, make sure they can get uh, cheap airfares, you know, get their upgrades on, on their flights, both, uh, you know, to Alaska and to Europe. So people are booking in, in a much, you know, more distant manner. But, uh, I mean, you will find that there's going to be a lot of people that are booking um, for cruises like now. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want to get away now because of the, the cold weather. I mean, we're having some, you know, incredibly cold weather I mean, I think today the average, you know, across the country was about 27 degrees, while down here in South Florida it's about 76 degrees. People are like, oh, my God, we have to get away. And the fastest way and the least, you know, the most cost-effective way, as usual, is a cruise. Well, most recently we had the polar vortex sweep through the states. Uh, are, are we seeing an increase of bookings because of all this extremely cold weather? Yes, I, I, think, all, I think the cruise lines are pleasantly surprised that uh, you know, there's going to be a stronger booking window at this point because people are looking to get away. They, they want to get away now. So, I mean, any availability that uh, they're going to be able to find. Um, I mean, pleasantly, there's, there's more ships, so there's more options, and more options means lower prices. But, uh, you know, there is going to be a stronger, I think, uh, January than what we've probably seen over the past two years. Well, we need it. We sure do. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Cruise Radio News. Now trending at cruiseradio.net. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or better? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? 
actually being able to talk to a human being, and they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website, and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now, TripInsurance.com. We always love hearing about your cruise experiences. If you have one you'd like to share, just email us, comments at cruiseradio.net, and we'd love to get you on. Our next guest is no stranger to Cruise Radio. In fact, we had her on reviewing the Norwegian Breakaway a few months ago. She just recently returned uh, on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. She is the editor of TripWitch.com, Teresa Russell. Welcome back to Cruise Radio, Teresa. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, good. Let's talk all about the world's largest cruise ship, Allure of the Sea. So uh, let's back up and go uh, before the cruise. So what made you want to cruise on Allure? Actually, I had wanted to go on the Allure just because it is the biggest ship by about two inches, I believe. It's bigger than the Oasis. Right. But a group of my friends were traveling, and they asked me to join them. And I debated about it. Then it turned out I had to be in Fort Lauderdale. And I asked them if there was still space with their group, and indeed there was, so I joined their group. So you get down to Fort Lauderdale, you get to Terminal 18, which they say at Terminal 18, the embarkation is really, really fast, and it's like from the pier to the ship in 10 minutes. But I'll let you tell us, how was embarkation at Terminal 18? Well, I'll be honest and tell you that uh, the group I was with, they all got through quickly. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't board until about 2 p.m., Okay. But they all boarded earlier, and they said it was very efficient. When I went there, it was almost a ghost town in the terminal. Uh But I could see how it would go quickly because there are so many stations where you can check in. And I believe it was organized by which deck you were on. Yeah. So it made a lot of sense. I want to say they have like 90 check-in terminals there or something like that. I believe it. Yeah, it's insanely fast. So you get on Allure of the Seas, and what were your first impressions? I was impressed by its size, although I knew it was huge to actually be there in the space. It was really overwhelming for me, honestly. I guess I had never imagined what a monstrosity it was. Yeah, you just you just walk on the ship, and for me, it was like um, sensory overload because you have the all these restaurants. It looks like you're like walking in the Mall of America or something. My sentiments exactly. I felt like I was in a mall, and as far as the sensory overload, I was really overwhelmed with options on the ship. Yeah, which that's an excellent thing for somebody who, you know, doesn't necessarily want to have to worry about planning. Their activities day by day, they're almost right in your face. No matter where you turn, there's something to do, something to eat, something to watch. Yeah, for sure. And so you made your way through the main uh, the main area there and up to your stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have? And secondly, what did you think of it? Like I said, I joined late, so there weren't many options. So I did have an inside. Okay. I was really impressed by how it was laid out. There was a lot of space and... I admit that my roommate was very kind and let me have most of the space, but there was plenty of space for two people. Lots of storage. It was efficiently laid out. Uh, The bathroom was efficient, and the size of the stateroom was adequate for two of us. We never crowded each other out. What, uh, What deck were you on? I was on 14. Is that just the all-stateroom deck, or is there activities on deck 14, too? 
Um, on 14, there were a few activities. I, I know the card room and internet center was there. On 14, they had a small space, and that was where their hosted internet. So relatively quiet the, then. <laughs> it was relatively quiet on that deck. At the other end is all the children's gotcha. um, activities and clubs. Very cool. So let's talk about my favorite thing on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas, and that is the food. So many options, like uh, I think two dozen restaurants on there. So uh, kind of break it down. What did you think of the food, and uh, where did you eat on your seven-day voyage? Mostly ate in the Adagio. We had early seating and the fixed dining, which is pretty new for me. I usually try to get the as-you-like dining option where I can go eat whenever I like. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a buffet person, and it took me until the last day of the cruise to actually try out the buffet. The food there was very good, as was the other food I had. I do like to try the little options like the, um, the hot dog stand in the boardwalk. That was always good for a quick bite to eat. The Cafe Promenade, I think that's virtually undiscovered. That's the one with this, the, and, the finger foods and the sandwiches and stuff right there in the yeah, main promenade? Yeah, the best roast beef sandwiches ever. And they had a really nice mix of ingredients to make a good salad. And they have cookies up there. That was a real quiet place. Well, let's talk about the entertainment on board because a lot of folks say you've got to book your entertainment before you sail. Now, you were a late joiner to this crew, so uh, did you luck out on anything as far as the entertainment goes? I lucked out on everything because when I first booked, there were some shows that were not available. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I got into every show. They did become available, so I got into every show. And I did a show almost every night except for the last one, I believe. Do they have like a standby line? Yes. You could go at the end, and some some of the shows they didn't even take look at your tick your I guess your key card your room yeah. key is what you show. They just scooted us in at the end after a certain time. Which shows you did can, you see? You can wait and see if it's full, right? And still get in. Very cool. And what shows did you see? Uh, I saw Chicago, which was excellent. Uh, at the Aqua Theater, there's Oceanaria, and that was exciting. That's with the high divers. It's a little scary because there's that platform that moves up and down, and during the day, it's a pool. I'm sorry, during the day, you can walk across this area, and for the shows, it's a pool. I guess I was a little bit skeptical that working, and I personally would never high dive anyway, whether that moved up or down or not. Right. But those shows were really exciting. And we actually had the captain and the hotel director when they had the um, crown and anchor gathering. Mm -hmm. They did a little routine kind of mocking one of the shows there. It was pretty funny. They were doing aerobics and imitating (laughs) the Hungarian acrobats. And then besides that, I also saw the ice show, which is ice games. And it introduces you to all the different areas of the ship, which I thought was a clever way to do that. And what else do we see? Blue Planet, which is kind of a Mm Cirque-style show. That was good as well. And we also went to some of the comedy shows, stopped at the jazz bar. There's always something going on. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this then. Uh, During the sea days you had on your Caribbean cruise, how was the outside? I guess how was the ship while the ship was at sea with, uh, you know, it holds like 5,800 people, 5,200 people. Could you tell there was that many people on board? Not really. It's so huge. 
there was plenty of space and there's plenty of different venues where you can go hang out. Uh, I really enjoyed the wraparound. I love a promenade deck. It's ideal for walking, and it actually connects to the gym, mm-hmm. so you can do your laps, and or you can run as well. There's a track both for runners and walkers and go upstairs. But even there on sea days, there were not too many people out on that promenade deck. So I went to the pool with my friends who enjoy the pool a mm-hmm. lot more than I do, right. and they always found seats, and even though there were, there were enough people there, I never really felt crowded. So that was a good thing for me. Very good. Do you have any first-time tips for folks who may be considering or who are traveling on Allure of the Seas? I would definitely go to the Royal Caribbean website and look at the deck plan Mm -hmm. and just get an idea of where everything is. Just because it's such a huge ship, even at the end, I had a look at the deck plans on board, and there are interactive boards, right. so you can see where you are and see where you want to go, you know, and see who's serving dinner. So that was very helpful for me. Very good. She is the editor at tripwitch.com. Teresa Russell, you can find that at tripwich.com. We'll also link to that in this week's show notes. Teresa, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us this evening on Cruise Radio. Well, thanks for inviting me, Doug. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Cruise Radio. Don't forget, we have a Cruise Radio Live app found both in the iTunes and Android market, so download that. And uh, if you like the show, feel free to go to cruiseradio.net slash iTunes and give us a review. From the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is recorded weekly at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Download the Cruise Radio app. Hear Cruise Radio on TuneIn Radio. The Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, CruiseAddicts.com, and on our website at CruiseRadio.net. For advertising opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Still haven't gotten your travel fix? Then check out the Weekend Travel Show. Search the Weekend Travel Show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the TuneIn Radio app. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.